This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello everybody, welcome to the latest Transfer Spy podcast brought to you by Mirror Football. Uh, we're here throughout the transfer window, every weekday the transfer window actually, looking at all the latest moves. Uh, I'm Mark Jones, standing in for Aaron Flanagan, who's probably in bed somewhere, I'm not sure what he's up to, and, uh, and I'm joined by James Whalen today. How, how are you, you alright, Rick? Good morning, Mark, all good. You sure? Yeah? yeah. You've not, not been well, have you, recently? I haven't, but I'm, uh, I'm on the road to recovery, just okay, about getting there. So, uh, one of the things we want to talk about today is the big, exciting news, which we're literally coming to you minutes after it's broken one of the huge deals of the transfer window has gone through Rob Green has signed for Chelsea remember him remember him 2010's Rob Green has signed for yeah. Chelsea um, obviously it's you know he's not going to play but but it's, it's a bit of a random one isn't it yeah I think we've seen a few of these sorts of deals before haven't we I think Richard Wright spent the last decade at Manchester City without putting on a pair of gloves uh, Ross Turnbull was at Chelsea for a while we've recently seen Lee Grant Join Manchester United, and you know it's all about this sort of homegrown quota thing, isn't it? It's it's, it's a way of getting around that sort of regulation, and um, yeah, Ch- Chelsea the latest club to do so. I think Rob Green um, has joined on a free after leaving Huddersfield Town. Again, didn't play a single minute, certainly not in the Premier League uh, for the Terriers. Um, joined there from Leeds United, so yeah, uh, obviously most famous for an absolute howler in the 2010 World yeah, Cup when he. Uh, let the ball trickle through his arms and into the goal against the USA. Bad, bad day that was. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he's, uh, he got in going into that World Cup. It wasn't quite sure, certain who the number one was, was it? And then they put him in. Was it him and David James? I think. Yeah, I think Scott Carson was knocking around yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, not probably, probably not the uh, probably not the moment he thought he would uh, have his career remembered by. But there you go. That's the way it goes. No, I mean, obviously we're joking, but it's it's quite an odd transfer window for Chelsea anyway what with the new manager coming in and and lots of rumours really with players leaving not necessarily coming um, and just the arrival of Green just seems to kind of add all, all more weirdness to it yeah certainly like, always the way when there's a new manager you know you just sometimes get a bit bit of upheaval but I think it's probably more down to the fact that Chelsea missed out on the top four last year and certainly in terms of outgoings there's, there's players there with really uncertain futures, the likes of Eden Hazard, who, you know, if his stock could have got any higher, it certainly did in the World Cup. He was, he was one of the standout performers throughout the tournament, um, helping Belgium to their best ever finish. Uh, Thibaut Courtois, his, his international teammate as well, had a good tournament and another player that's sort of angling for a move back to La Liga, back to back to Madrid with Real. So, uh, and, and also Willian, obviously um, a big target for Barcelona and. 
he could yet go. So it's certainly Maurizio Sarri has um, has plenty of opt- plenty of problems on his hands uh, before the end of the window. Do you think a lot of that comes from the fact that I mean, it's, it, he he was late in coming in in the first place, wasn't he, Sarri? But and and even Conte came back for the first couple of days of of pre-season training. You've got the stories with Abramovich not being able to get into the UK and things like that. Um, where do you see? So we basically we'll, we, we've done the last couple of days where we've we've focused on we had Spurs yesterday, we had Liverpool the day before. Let's do Chelsea today, basically. And do you think a lot of this is coming from Abramovich in terms of there's a lot of uncertainty from him at the minute? No one's too certain if he's going to be there much longer. Is that sort of filtering down? Yeah, perhaps. I think it's been a really sort of tumultuous few months, hasn't it? I think the whole Conte thing was just bizarre. Like we all knew with probably half a dozen games left last season that Antonio Conte wouldn't be Chelsea manager this year and yet we get through the whole of the World Cup into the throes of pre-season and on paper at least Antonio Conte is still still Chelsea's manager I think there was a big dispute with his payoff um, he's basically taken into the cleaners hasn't he he's, he's got every penny that he wanted and you know I suppose good on him by standing his ground and, and making sure he got he got what he was due and and that's why it take, took so long for Maurizio Sarri to come in the, the weird thing with Sarri again he <laughs> Napoli had two managers for a while because they they knew that he was going to Chelsea but until Conte left he obviously couldn't make the switch so yeah real real bizarre situation and while they knew what was going to happen we knew what was going to happen the club can't sign players while they've got a manager there who isn't going to be taking charge of football matches and one coming in that isn't yet in the position so a real um you know a real difficult pre-season for them so far as you mentioned there's, there's still uncertainty around the owner i mean what a job Roman Abramovich has done at, at Chelsea since coming in obviously a very wealthy individual but he's also shown to have um very good football acumen um i don't think we'll ever see the like again of an owner coming in and basically just picking a new manager every 18 months Ooh. and having a success that he's had. So, uh, while, ever, while ever there's that uncertainty there over him, it's difficult to see Chelsea, you know, getting back up to a position where they're challenging for uh, certainly the title and uh, honours on the continent as well. Well, we had we had a story here uh, yesterday uh, with Chelsea fans remarking the 15-year anniversary of, of Abramovich uh, coming to Chelsea. Um, and it's easy to look back on now and think, you know, do you think that really changed football in terms of how how we see it these days and things like all the transfer fees and all that? Is that a huge moment in in what we're in what we're at now, essentially? I think so. Yeah, it was a real, you know, just you know, something we never come across before, wasn't it? That, you know, I think there'd been a couple of foreign owners, but certainly not with of, of the capital of Roman Abramovich. And you know, even those signings in the early days really set you know set the ball rolling, didn't they? Adrian Muto and. Hernan Crespo, these sorts of players um, coming for huge money to the Premier League and you know it really set a precedent and since then we've seen obviously some of the world's most incredible footballers land in the Premier League and, and make it what it is today so and you know for, I suppose from a Chelsea fans point of view the success that they've had over that period to think that Roman Bromovich might not be there for for too much longer is is probably something of a worry, and you know that that's maybe in the sort of medium to long term, but even in the short term, if if they do lose the likes of Hazard and Courtois this summer, then you know you can see them really struggling to get to get back into the top four. So you mentioned them there, and and obviously Hazard, Courtois, Willian, all three linked with linked with uh, exits. If you if you had to sort of stake some money on one, do you think will definitely go and one? Perhaps who wouldn't? Maybe in terms of a, a, a likeliness factor for all of them. 
I think Willian will probably go. I think we, we know for the fact that there's interest there. Barcelona have had a bid knocked back, like 55 million, which I can't really make my mind up. I think I think it's maybe bad business for both clubs, I think. Yeah. Like, for, for Barcelona to splash that amount of money on a player that, you know, is he going to play every week, realistically? Yeah, think yeah. maybe not. And, and also for Chelsea to turn down £55 million for a footballer who you say isn't as young as, as some may perceive... Um, you know, it's a bit bit of a strange one. So, but I think if Barcelona come back to the table, um, Chelsea will probably be probably be wise to sell him. And then, um, in terms of one that won't leave, I think Hazard and Courtois obviously both link very strongly with Real Madrid. I I sort of think Courtois might go. Um, well, they got Rob Green now, so yeah. Um. <laughs> I think I think he's he's obviously got. Um, a family tie, hasn't he, in Madrid? I think his children live with his ex-wife over there, and that's why he wants to go. He obviously lived lived in Madrid when um, when he played at Atletico before making a switch to Chelsea. So I think he, you know a footballer invariably gets what he wants, doesn't he? And I think if he's that desperate to go back there, it might sort of happen, which I guess would um, would leave them more reluctant to sell Hazard. Yeah, and in terms of Hazard's, uh, I mean, we've we've mentioned him a couple of times this week on here. Do you think, in his case, is this his last opportunity to move to Real Madrid? When you think it's a perfect chance with Ronaldo gone? Yeah, perhaps. You know, Real Madrid have got the money to spend, haven't they? And um, as as we mentioned, Chelsea not being in the top four, Hazard's, in my opinion, one of the top five footballs in the world. And to think that he won't be playing in the Champions League, especially after the World Cup he's had, is um, you know it seems inconceivable, really, doesn't it? And if he is going to move. You don't really see another club having the pulling power that Real Madrid have got, both from a financial standpoint, given they've just cashed a hundred million pounds on a thirty-one-year-old, which I still struggle to get my head around, um, and and also and also the, 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 the stature of the club. Uh, so potentially Hazard staying then. Um, one thing that we, we we should look at as well is, is Chelsea's players they could bring in. They've only got two weeks left to do it now. Um, now, one one that we've seen this morning is, is is Golovan, the Russian midfielder who had a great World Cup, who is linked strongly with Chelsea. Now, apparently, not going to Chelsea though, and going to Monaco. Yeah, and again, that's just another blow for Chelsea, isn't it? In a in a preseason that seems to be full of them, I think. Um, you know, they, they brought in Jorginho, which you know probably the, the best sort of acquisition of preseason, given that Manchester City, who you know, have got the most money of any club in the world and they, they romped the title last year they got the best manager in the world they got amazing players I think for them to get Jorginho over there for Chelsea to get Jorginho over them was um, a huge coup but you know it has been a, a summer of frustration barring that and this is just another another string to that um, look, looks like he's going to go to Monaco in League One um, instead of instead of moving to Stamford Bridge again as you mentioned another player that stock grew hugely in the World Cup. We see it, don't we? Every four years, there's players that come out of the World Cup and um, become really attractive propositions for some of Europe's biggest clubs and he was certainly one of those. And, you know, Chelsea were, <coughs> as we understood it, leading the race for his signature, but um, he, he looks he looks set to make the switch to France instead. Uh, I saw a friendly uh, in the office of the other day. Chelsea played Perth in, in Australia. They won 1-0 and they were using lots of their sort of fringe players, squad players that we always see go out on loan and they're obviously the famous for it. Do you think we, this might, might actually be the season where you see some of them? Those lads on the wing, uh, Hudson Odoi was very good. A couple of, couple of uh, defenders were very good. Ethan Ampadu, who's been, been the Wales team. Do you think this could be a, a turning point for a lot of those sort of players for Chelsea this season? Yeah, it's, it's, it's always been a bit of a joke, hasn't it? Like yeah. they, 
like Chelsea have got four 11s out on loan. I think half of those at Vitesse Arnhem usually. Yeah, um, yeah I think the big one out of all those for me is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Like if he's if he's going to press on and sort of make himself a regular in the England team, he needs to be playing every week. Um, doesn't look like he's going to go back to Palace. So, you know, they, they, they have got quite a few midfielders, Chelsea, and he needs to sort of get himself in a team ahead of the likes. Cesc Fabregas, Jorginho were mentioned, obviously N'Golo Kante, but he, he plays a bit deeper. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's, there's, a, there's a crux of players that... Ross Barkley played well the other day. When everyone again, there. again <laughs> you know, forgotten man, isn't yeah. he? Like, um, probably one of the most exciting talents also we thought as a teenager at Everton uh, that, that we've produced for a long time, had an injury and, and just seems to have disappeared. Obviously went to Chelsea, didn't play the second half of last season. Uh, but yeah, he's, you know, he, he has looked good in pre-season so far and he's another player that'll be wanting to stake his claim. Could be interesting actually with him and Loftus-Cheek, like if 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 they if they both sort of get themselves into contention and they're playing for that, that one spot in attacking midfield, especially if the likes of Hazard and William leave. Um, you know, that, that could be a really interesting dynamic for, for both Chelsea and England in the long run. Okay, so that's uh, a good solid 12 minutes of Chelsea. We should probably move on because we're really depressing Chelsea fans <laughs> yeah. talking about them. But just quickly looking at some of the rumours around at the moment. Um, Manchester United uh, have, it, it seems, got a battle on their hands with, with, with Anthony Martial, who could actually, Chelsea, one of the teams linked with him, Tottenham as well. Uh, he potentially would like to stay in the Premier League, but... Manchester United want him to go abroad. Uh, where do you see this battle sort of ending up? Yeah, another really exciting young player who just isn't really getting the minutes that he wants. And when he does get the minutes that he wants, starting a position that he wants, you know, he's often been thrust out onto the left flank when um, he'd rather play as a more central striker. Yeah, difficult one. Um, he's jetted off from Man United's pre-season tour. Um, he's going to become a father for the second time, but it doesn't seem to have gone down wholly well. Uh, with United and, and in particular Jose Mourinho, so it it could be another sort of another step towards the Old Trafford exit for him. <laughs> I thought Mourinho being angry that he's become a farmer. It's ridiculous, isn't it? But I think just the fact that he's he's obviously making noises that he wants to leave, and and it's just another just another string, isn't it, to that? Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see him stay in the Premier League. I'd, I'd love to see him at another big club where he will get a chance to to sort of show what he's about. Um, you know, we mentioned. Spurs there who seem to be the favourites if he does go to Tottenham he certainly ain't going to play as a central striker that's for sure because of a certain Harry Kane and, and the way Spurs play with just one up top so uh, again it'd be, it'd be a case of him operating off, off either flank but you know maybe wouldn't be the worst move for him if he did play every week which is what he needs um, he was obviously hugely disappointed to, to not make France's World Cup squad and you know probably a, a real bittersweet moment for him watching them lift yeah. the World Cup. Obviously, as a Frenchman, he would have been thrilled, but he would have been sat at home thinking that he could have played a major role in that, and as it was... I bet it wasn't long afterwards where he changed the channel, and he, he, yeah. he, he, didn't, he didn't want to yeah. see it. Yeah, let's, let's put Coronation Street <laughs> yeah. on instead. Uh, yeah, and then another player who could believe in is probably uh, of less less of a concern to Man- Manchester United fans. Matteo Damian, uh, the Italian, hasn't really worked out for him, and could have gone back to Serie A. Yeah, again, I think Mourinho basically confirmed after United's friendly this morning that um, that he does. Uh, Damian wants to leave. He's made that clear. Again, another player that wasn't in wasn't in Mourinho's plans last year. I think um, Antonio Valencia's got that sort of right back or right wing back, whichever way they play. He sort of got that spot um, sewn up. And even on the other flank, we've seen Damian can operate across the back four. And um, on the other flank, he was playing Ashley Young. 
there every week. So it sort of tells you everything you need to know about his first team prospects. Um, even playing Luke Shaw when he was yeah. just, just criticising Luke Shaw every week yeah, for all sorts yeah. of things. So I think Inter are, are sort of the club that looked the most likely to secure his signature, but there's a bit of a, a bit of an impasse. I think they'd rather take him on loan, whereas United want to say, oh, you know, they're not interested in keeping Dalman on their books. So yeah, one to look out for in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure it'll get resolved. Uh, staying in defence, they are still linked with centre-backs every day. Um, you get the sense that Jose Mourinho really wants a sort of big, commanding, let's face it, expensive centre-back. They're linked with Harry Maguire, again, um, 65 million, which is about 50 million worth of head and then the rest of him. <laughs> but um, one name that won't go away is Benucci, uh, obviously from, from Serie A as well, very experienced defender. But if you had 65 million to spend, would you go on the younger Harry Maguire or would you go on the more experienced Benucci? Personally, I'd go for Maguire. And like, I, if you'd have asked me this question before the World Cup, you know, I would have... I think have, I probably did. And yeah. You laughed, yeah. I, I, I would have said Benucci every day, but, you know, Maguire shocked me in the World Cup but with the way he played. I think, you know, we always knew that he had talent with the ball at his feet, but I always thought he was a bit suspect defensively. He's obviously got um, a distinct lack of pace, shall we say, which, um, you know, we'd seen him get caught out within the Premier League, but he seems to have really matured in the last sort of second half of the season. You know, got himself in the World Cup squad as a first-choice centre-half, and he's... Um, you know, it, it makes up for that lack of pace with real intelligent positioning and, you know, just defensive nous really. And, um, you know, he's, he's developed that fairly recently and coupled with, with his talent with the ball at his feet, I think he's probably one of the most in-demand centre-halves in the Premier League now. And if I were United, I'd, I'd certainly be looking at him over Benucci. And as you understand it, Benucci's probably going to go to Juventus, back to Juventus anyway from Milan. So, you know, it's no surprise that Mourinho's keen on a centre-half. He loves a defensive player, doesn't he? He does, um, <laughs> and yeah, obviously he'll. I'm sure he'll be linked with many more over over time. Look, we're uh, probably run out of time to be honest. We've done a good 17 minutes there on transfers. Today. Solid. Not really a lot happening today, is there? To nah. be honest, it's not, it's, uh, apart from the Rob Green news, which obviously we'll always remember where we were when Rob Green's Rob Green signed for yeah. Chelsea in the office. <laughs> Been here for most of them, to be honest. But um, yeah, so uh, as I say, we're here every every day, every weekday, talking about transfers. Um, very exciting ones like Rob Green's Chelsea um, Chase James uh, we'll probably be back Pleasure. tomorrow doing this I'd imagine because uh, fans will be in bed when he but um, uh, yeah so as I say uh, stay with us uh, throughout the transfer window you can get us on iTunes and Acast and all those things where you get your podcast from um, and what is it Fanna says about five star ratings all that sort of stuff yeah, as well give but, us a like yeah or a, yeah, give us a thumbs up in the street or whatever, whatever it is you do <laughs> uh, but until tomorrow uh, we'll see you then cheers How are you doing there? It is David from the David McWilliams podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. We're all following the government's advice right now. We're staying in. It's a little bit cocooning, but it's all working. So while you're staying at home, here's a recommendation of another great podcast. It's the Blind Boy podcast. He's an old mate. He's a great skin. He has extraordinarily interesting views of the world. Check it out.